Liz Mannion. And I am Allie Stewart. Allie, another award season has passed. We have finished all of the award seasons, and um, the Oscars happened. Um, what, what do you, were you an Oscar person? Do you like the Oscars? So I don't have cable, so I really don't watch much of these, but in the news afterwards, that's normally when I find out. Oh, but so you didn't watch it this time. I watched bits and pieces online, but I'm up to date. I just don't have cable. Uh, so, but I know that you were someone that had really gone all out for this. I, I did. Award show. I did go quite all out. So there, I think one of the hardest parts about um, about this time of year is that um, you know the Super Bowl's over and my baseball season hasn't started yet. So I like need something to keep me going. Like I need something to stress out and obsess over that has no actual relation to me. So I decided to choose. Um, I decided to choose the Oscars, which has been a theme. You know, my mother and I used to watch a lot of the Oscar movies when I was a young manion. And um, it was a good it was a good experience. I'm trying to do that this year. I have never actually been able to watch all of them. I literally have like there has never been a year I've been able to watch all of them. This year I got close. I think I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was yeah. <laughs> um, Marriage Story, which was yeah. Um, uh, the Irishman, which it was long. Yeah, it was a long one. I just felt very, it just was long. I was very tired, but I had to break it up. I watched it on Netflix. I mean, maybe like I should have watched it in theaters, but I had to break it up into like three pieces. What if they had just broken it up into like a series? Then it would not pieces. have been nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, but. And that was an Oscar trap. Everyone knows that. Okay, that's fair. It wasn't really my jazz, but I did watch it. So I did Marriage Story, The Irishman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I feel like I watched, I feel like there was one more. What else was there? Ford vs. Ferrari. Hold on, I'm looking at the ballot. I didn't see Ford vs. Ferrari. I had no desire to. Parasite? Um, Parasite. I did see, we'll get to that. We will get <laughs> to that. Um, was Little Women nominated? Little Women was nominated. I did not see Little I Women. I saw that one, so I can speak for that. Did you like Little Women? I really did. I think the whole time that I was watching it, I was waiting to feel something because I'd heard about how relatable it was mm -hmm. and how people felt very represented by Saoirse Ronan's character. Mm -hmm. And I, it, it was something that didn't hit me until the end. And I realized that she, it like her life story doesn't replicate mine at all, but... Mm -hmm. She, as a woman, had to give up so many opportunities that she wanted in order to make other people comfortable or other mm. people feel okay. And I think that's something that we as women do a lot is kind of step back. Or Did, Didn't we talk about that like a couple weeks ago during one of our first... Probably. Yeah. Like... I, I think that that's something as women, like a lot of us just, whether we want something or not, we take a step back to make room for someone else. Mm -hmm. And not to say that that's always wrong, but... I feel like the movie did a really good job at depicting that in a totally different day and age than we're at now, but it's something that's still very culturally relevant. Hmm. So, I liked that one. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I think, sorry, we were just getting a text from our from our guest, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but I will tell you, to all seven listeners out there, um, 
pretty optimistic. Yeah, okay. All four <laughs> listeners out there, if you have not seen Parasite, go watch it. But you need to, like, it is probably, I'm going to be real, one of the better movies I've seen in a long time. Um, and it makes you feel every single feeling that you've ever felt in your entire life in, like, that two hours. Like, you'll get really scared, and then you'll, like, find it hilarious, and then you'll be, like, crying, and I don't know. It's, it's all, it's a lot. It's a lot of things. For someone that doesn't know what it's about, could you give a trailer without yeah. any spoilers? Um, basically, a lower-class family tries to scam an upper-class family. Okay. Eat the rich. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you'll, you'll see. You'll okay. you'll see for real. Um, it's a it's a good film. It's a good film. Um, well, as as you guys may know, um, it is the time for love. It is the time for love. Time for love. And the best way to have love is to spread the love. And who is the king of spreading love? Who is it, Liz? Zachary Rudder, who is on our podcast this evening. I'm so excited. I'm so guys. This interview is fire. Every every day is like a every second is just a riveting moment about art and love and happiness, and also sometimes not having love and happiness because we can't all be perfect. And I feel like it might even be our best podcast since the Empath Sober Bar. I'm usually the one who says that. Oh. Well, <laughs> without further ado, Zachary Rudder okay. is going to come onto the show. Thanks for listening. Happy right. Valentine's Day, everyone. here with a magical, magical young man with many talents and is basically running Pittsburgh with his beautiful buses full of hearts. We have Zachary Rudder of Zachary Rudder Art. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. I mean, we're just honored. We feel the love. This is a Valentine's Day special for Simpsons Strangers. That's awesome. We thought the theme would go well, Perfect. you know, with the, and you know, I think everyone talks about how, like, Valentine's Day is, like, a fake holiday or whatever, or, like, you know, being emotional and being appropriate and loving people is, like, something that, like, oh, like, people say they do more of, but everyone jokes, like, oh, I'm dead inside or whatever, which, like, I'm guilty of, <laughs> but your message is all about just, like, literally spreading some love, and I yeah. think that's amazing. It's cheesy, it's obvious, it's mm -hmm. simple, but it gets, it's effective, it gets the job done. I think it's something we all need to hear more of, too. Yeah. It's really easy to forget to show up for other people or take time and, and pause yeah. and get to know them better. Um, so tell us a little bit about what started um, your work and your art and your message. Uh, well, my art, start, it's like, my art started, that's actually fun to say, but <laughs> it started uh, really young. I was a little kid when I started drawing, and then uh, I didn't start painting until I got to college, actually. And at the time, I wasn't doing anything positive or exciting like I am now, but I've always had, like, a really exciting personality. So I think, like, I was always, like, trying to paint sad things, but not really ever being that sad of a person. Mm -hmm. 
on the surface anyway, but uh, that's kind of what inspired me to get into this whole spread love thing. So um, I was working for an uh, artist in like 2017 and he had asked me what I wanted my art to mean and how I wanted people to view it. And I've always said like, I want people to just be happy. I want them to smile when they see my work. Mm -hmm. And slowly but surely that led into this whole spread love army, little mm -hmm. heart thing. And mm -hmm. it's gone from there. That's awesome. And do you ever like, I gotta be honest, like, and you can answer this question however you want, but how does it feel like when you see people have like tattoos of your logo on them? It, like permanently on it's their crazy. body. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I have it tattooed on me now, but mm -hmm. I was the eighth person to get it tattooed. It's crazy. So wow. yeah, I was like, all right. After three, I'm like, maybe it's time to get it. Then after seven, I was like, it's officially time. Yeah. Like now, there's a, eleven of us, and a couple people have been telling me recently that they're, they're thinking of getting it. It's a lot yeah. of friends and family, but a few people that I've just met coming throughout and are going to all these different events and stuff. So that's awesome. And how did the bus get tattooed with your logo? <laughs> uh, Twitter, actually. So I uh, I did a painting a couple years ago at the Three Rivers Arts Festival of a bus, like on a canvas. And I tweeted at Port Authority that painting and said, hey, wouldn't it be cool to have this driving around? And they said, yeah. And oh, my God. I didn't paint the bus. They had me uh, digitally design it. And then they vinyl wrapped it professionally. So. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. It makes me smile every single time I see it. Twitch, Twitter. <laughs> it's crazy that that <laughs> happened through a tweet. And you know what? It wasn't even the gutter bus. Like, it was the... I wish it was. The <laughs> I love wish... sinking into the ground. <laughs> that would have been so iconic if that heart bus was in the ground. It, it was. <laughs> It would have been, but it's okay. It's it's truly okay because it's a beautiful bus. Thank you. And you know, I think I think it. I don't know. I'm gonna be honest. Maybe maybe we'll work. We'll work something out. We can get a nice big pot. We'll make sure no one's in the bus <laughs> and yeah. just make one of those. Like have a nice little. I love that. That would be so funny. I woke up that day and looked at Twitter, and the CEO of Port Authority actually tweeted the photo. That was the first person I saw that, that about it, and I was like, why isn't that the love bus? That would have been so <laughs> funny to wake up to that, and then everyone was telling me, then it wouldn't be on the road anymore, and I was like, that's that's true. It's a give or take, so yeah. at least it's still driving around, and mm -hmm. I get photos from of like people all over the city every day that see that's, it. Yeah. It's great. I got two photos today, and like... Sometimes it'll be like 10 photos. It just depends on what area it gets to, but someone yeah. always sends it to me, so it's exciting. Is it a specific bus, like a 61 yeah. or something? It, no, no, it's, um, it's only one bus, so everyone always thinks like there's a fleet of these mm -hmm. buses driving around, but it's one big bus, and uh, it changes routes every day. So wow. it goes to a new area every single day. And it's it red comes, Yeah, I was yeah, going to say. It, literally, it, everywhere in the city of Pittsburgh, so mm -hmm. it's crazy. It's been all the way from like Monroeville to the north side. It comes out of the East Liberty Garage. But I don't know where it goes until someone sends me a photo of it. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Wow. wow. So speaking of love spreading and all of that stuff, let's talk about, we can talk more about your art, but let's also talk about our drink. Let's pour some drinks and then we'll yes. talk about some of your, your cool stuff because I am, I think you basically are like a local celebrity. I think, I think so. like, <laughs> we I, you, I think like it's very everyone knows who you are and like people are like people are tweeting at you and like your bus is everywhere and like isn't that something that can get like I mean I know we're not California or anything but isn't that something that can get kind of overwhelming like yeah. you ever have a normal day? No, I, I'm I'm graced with a, a chaotic wild life right now and mm -hmm. I'm happy for it. Like I don't know necessarily what I'm gonna be doing every day. For the most part, like, I know it's going to be something along the lines of, like, painting a mural or talking to a school or mm -hmm. filming one of those, uh, those session videos, mm -hmm. but it, it's fun chaos. It's mm -hmm. good. 
it's a bit overwhelming, but I don't mind it. I even just the other day, my uh, my dad and my brother were wearing like a, be- a beanie and a spread love shirt, and someone yelled out the car to them like, "Hey, spread love!" And they did, they never experienced anything like that before, so they called me immediately, and they were just like, "Oh man, people recognize the spread love heart!" And it was just like, man, more people recognize the the heart than actually Zachary Rudder or anything like that. But that's what I want, so that's why I never put my name on the heart or anything. I keep it its own thing because it's it's meant to be more than just me. It's everybody. We're all in the spread love army. So. How did you come up with The Heart? The Heart is uh, something that references an artist from the 80s, uh, Keith, Keith Haring. Yeah. yeah, you knew it, you knew it. Oh, yeah, I was curious. People in the, uh, Pittsburgh always get the Burton Morris reference as well. Mm-hmm. Who Burton Morris did all of the artwork for Friends, mm-hmm. if you guys watch the sitcom Friends. Yeah. Yeah. And he's from Pittsburgh, he went to Upper St. Clair. Mm-hmm. And uh, people always see a, a resemblance to his heart as well, but Keith Haring too inspired it. And mm-hmm. then I kind of noticed the Burton Morris reference later mm-hmm. on, but... I was uh, doing a painting in college of uh, two birds on a wire, and I've painted this painting like probably 15 times since then, but the original one was two crows on like a telephone wire, and I just didn't leave enough room for like, or at least I didn't make the birds big enough to cover the whole canvas, Mm -hmm. so like I had this big empty space in the corner, and it just looked empty there, so I uh, had a poster of Keith Haring in my dorm room, and saw it and was like man that heart that he did kind of would look pretty cool there I wonder if I could kind of tweak it and make it my own a little bit and boom that's the heart came from that that painting quickly sold after that and uh not much after that that artist had asked me why I make art so it was like all these different puzzle pieces that were just fitting into place right at the right time and as soon as he asked me why I make my art that heart is what came to mind I was just like man that made me happy and it made me really happy when someone bought it and the person that bought it was absolutely ecstatic to get it so it was like that heart had some type of power to make people happy, and those all lined up together. I have a distinct memory from, I think it was like a third grade art class, and my teacher used to bring up different artists, and then she'd show us some of their work, and we'd try to emulate it in some way. Awesome. And I remember hearing about Keith Haring, this is like second or third grade, and I drew this like big picture of his like love people. Nice. And I don't know what it was, but I just fell in love with his style of art after that, and it was something that like, I moved to Pittsburgh, went to start college, and I saw his work in person for the first time when I was around this age, and I was just, like, overwhelmed, because it's crazy how art can be something that means different things to you throughout your lifetime, but it continues to mean a lot. And, yeah, his work was just, I mean, continues to be so influential. Absolutely. It's just really cool, and that was something, like, when I first saw your work, I thought it was his. I was like, what's going on? And I got so excited, and I just, I love that there's a piece of that still alive in Pittsburgh. Definitely. I actually, uh... He's from Pennsylvania as well, so, like, it, it, he's one that I've always really enjoyed. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie White Man Can't Jump, but, like, it's a movie with Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes from the 80s, oh, and, gosh. like, a lot of the art and a lot of the clothing from that movie is, like, Keith Haring, 80s as hell, and that was the first time I ever seen his work, and then I ultimately went to college and went for fine arts and minored in art history, and he's just someone that's always popped up in my life and has always inspired me. Mm-hmm. Like, one thing I like about my art is, like, I'm pretty quick, like I always paint at live events and stuff, and he's known for being very quick and being able to draw from no reference and just having it happen on the spot, and that's something that's always really excited me, so trying to have that same level of speed and quality as his is something that I'm always trying to reach for. Absolutely. I think the first time that I saw his elephant that was at the Warhol for the longest time, I I think I cried in that room because it was just like, 
I mean, something so this larger than life, and it's just amazing to see something that's not just sitting on a wall, but it's taking up a room. Absolutely. Yeah. I love the Warhol Museum. I actually, so my parents are not artists. They never okay. drew or anything like that. My dad says that he's pretty good at drawing, and my mom has good handwriting and stuff, but I took them to the Warhol Museum to try and introduce them to art a little more. And they did not get it. We <laughs> we went through the first floor, or the second floor, where it's all his drawings and like nude sketches and stuff. Oh, yeah. My mom is going up to every photo and just saying, "Your drawings are better than his," and this and that and the other thing. And I'm like, "Mom, you can't just be screaming at the museum." I'm like, "It's not. It's not. It's not that it's better or worse. It's that it's Andy Warhol, and I'm right. nobody." So well, you're somebody. But yeah. I I had taken my parents there as well, and my dad. I remember him standing in front of that one very long picture where Andy had just like peed, peed on all it. over it, and uh, he was like. <laughs> He's like, I can do that. And I'm like, that's like the first thing you should not say <laughs> in a museum. But I guess I guess anyone could have. But it's, There's a part of that, yeah, yeah. But it has context that isn't necessarily shown in the picture. Definitely. What's the key in? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. I don't remember it's, this. It's, um, I think it's like an oxidized yeah. type of paint. And the ammonia in your pee actually activates some type of colors in the paint. So when he painted the canvas, he peed on top of the wet paint. Mm. and it had this chemical reaction so it looks really cool oh it's freaking awesome and then you read the description and you're like that's his piss oh my god like mm. that's crazy <laughs> did uh did you ever try that Zachary? with my art um uh, would no. you ever would you ever pee on your own painting maybe we'll what see a, what a bold question <laughs> actually the whole next series is only pee paintings yeah only are you gonna come to the gallery when all of my artworks just pee art yep <laughs> nice Oh, look at that. Yeah, we're in the process of making our drinks. Yes, and what is it called, Mr. Zachary Rudder? It is, what would, what would I say, the sour paint splatter. So it's vodka, lemonade, and then what is this little piece that you're spritzing in there? Grenadine. Grenadine, okay. So then a little paint splatter of grenadine to mm -hmm. kind of bring it all together. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. This looks great. It's not stirred, but I think, like, you know. It looks kind of neat, though. It yeah. does look cool. So, cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. To sips with strangers. To sips with strangers. Well, now friends, but mm -hmm. I loved it. I'm a fan. I am a fan of that. That is a good one. And, you know, I'm going to be honest. Nothing against our previous guests. They've all been so great, but literally all of them have been, like, real bourbon fans. We're real, like. <laughs> Same. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's always musicians. The musicians are like, oh, my God, like, let's. Like, I'll just do, like, a whiskey ginger, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. But I get that, because normally if I go to a bar, that's what I'm ordering. Yeah. So I can't even say anything about it. The amount of Jameson shots I've done with musicians oh uh, is something I regret, but I'm just going to continue <laughs> doing. <laughs> Jameson has, like, hurt me a few times. I'll, set, I'll tell you guys that. Jameson and... Um, he's, a, he's a true friend, you know? He, he hurts you some days, and then he brings you up the other days, you know? Oh he's always there for you, I guess, is the moral of the story. Maybe too there for you. You know who's always there for me, even though I have to pay a little bit more money for him? Jim Bean. Jim oh, yeah. Bean is there for me a lot. Absolutely. Love that guy. You know, his family was from Pennsylvania. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah, they were from Western Pennsylvania. They moved after the Louisiana Purchase. Wow. Next yeah. time I come back, we're having some Jim Beam. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> we're going to make art, and then we're going to pee on it. We're going to pee it. on it and drink Jim Beam. Whiskey will do that to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, you, we'll need to aim, though. It'll be, it'll, we'll have to figure something out. Something that I realized on the way here is that I've had your heart on my wallet for like two years now. That's this awesome. is before like I knew who you were. Like what? it's something like I 
I don't even remember where I got this, but I've had it for a very long time. So it feels very serendipitous to have you on our show today. That is awesome. Wow. I've had people do that to me all the time where they're just like, like most people pull up their phone and they're just like, Zach Roder, spread love, spread love for me. Like they're always just like so excited to see me. And I'm like, I, I give, I've given away so many stickers now. Like they come up all over the place. It's the best though. Yeah. I love it. I, like, that's why they're always free. I always give the stickers away. I, I think I've given away, I just ordered my nine that my nine time ordering a thousand stickers. So nine thousand stickers have oh been given God. away since I started this whole thing. They really are everywhere too. Like I, so I had pulled out my wallet one day. Um, I was on Duquesne's campus in, okay. I think it was in the Fisher building. And there um, is a woman that always works at, there's like a little shop inside. Yeah. And um, I pulled out my wallet and she saw my sticker and then she pulled out her phone and she had the sticker and she was like, <sighs> middle-aged woman like just like the nicest person ever but we'd never had a reason to talk and then we had our hearts and we sat there for like 10 minutes talking and then I went back every day and like we we just Uh, had really good conversations and it was the nicest thing because it was something so seemingly simple but it created a platform for us to get to know each other better and not like just walk past each other and it, you yeah. summarized everything I've been trying to say for three years now. <laughs> like, I wish I would have said it so elegantly. That's like the symbol of the heart is meant to entice people to want to talk to each other. Like it's all about, like I always say that the Spread Love Army's mission is to end hate through love and peaceful conversation. So the fact that that little heart was able to in, like like kickstart this relationship with you and this person you never would have talked to otherwise, like that's why I do it. Like, and right I promise there. I'm not the only one who has had that experience. Oh, I know. I, I get like I give them to every waitress I've ever had in my entire oh, life. That's awesome. And a lot of them will put it on like their waiter like checkbook mm-hmm. and I get photos of like random friends and family mm-hmm. that are just out to eat and then it's like a selfie with them and the waitress <laughs> with, like, the, ah! with the book oh that's awesome it happens all the time like bathroom stalls people always put them in bathroom stalls I've so seen them in a nice. lot of bathroom stalls I love that's it nice. I like that's to feel cared for <laughs> yeah exactly um can you tell us a little bit about how the community because we we interview a lot of people who are in the Pittsburgh community can you tell us about how Pittsburgh how like the Pittsburgh community helps like in your mission, I guess. And like that kind of thing, like could is, could this happen? I mean, it probably could happen in any other city, but seeing the type of response and the close knitness of Pittsburgh, yeah. like where do you, how do you see that in relation to spread love? I think one thing that's great about Pittsburgh is like, if you have them on your side, then the whole world is on your side. Like Pittsburgh is everywhere. Like I've been to other countries and every time, as you know, where I'm probably going with this, there's a Steelers bar everywhere. Like, oh, yeah. there's always a Pittsburgh community everywhere you go. So I think that they are supportive of people from their community. So if they see mm-hmm. someone in the community doing something good, that they're the first ones to want to help push those people to the limelight or at least help them move a little further up. So I, I don't know. I've never had any problems in the city of Pittsburgh. I've had, like, random haters here or there that, like, will DM me some really mean stuff and stuff like that. But, like, every time that happens or if they post something or comment on something – Three or four other random people will just be like, don't talk about the spread love army or don't talk about it the heart like that. It seems like such a strange thing to attack. Like, yeah. someone spreading a hate is literally the opposite of what you're doing. Like, what, what? how could you say something bad about it? Some of my friends actually talked about starting a spread hate army <laughs> <laughs> just to give people it's a like reason a to be on team. <laughs> I love it. We, we talked about the idea of even doing, like, a broken heart and then start giving out broken heart stickers That's all over so the city. Funny. That could be, like, your underground thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, your, right. like, you could be, like, Zach with a K. Yeah. Runner or something. That's, oh. like, that's my Slim Shady to my Eminem. Oh, my like, <laughs> something like that. The Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. That could be fun, though. You get, like, two different groups, like, all of your musician friends. You have one party, and there's, like, two DJ sets, and one's, like, spread love and one's spread hate. Definitely. And they just, like, dance battle together. I love the idea. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Something's got to happen with it. It's something I've been trying to do in painting and stuff. I've done a few paintings where it's like the battle of love and hate, and it's usually like some type of Grim Reaper character against a Cupid, and like mm-hmm. the idea of the love and the hate. So I'm trying to like build this like reason to fight. Like we're we're supposed to be in this spread love army, but like if there's no thing, there's nothing to combat, then what are we really fighting for? Obviously, love at the end of the day, but. Having that hate helps people want to get on the team a little bit more. Yeah, know? well, I think it's similar to like how if you go if you go through something that's really hard, it makes you appreciate the good things even Definitely. more because it makes you more resilient. Definitely, too. you can't have the good without the bad, or you can't be super happy without being super angry sometimes. You know, yeah. like as positive as I am, like there are days where I'm like super upset or super emotional, and I think that at the core is what I want my art to represent is just emotion. Like, I have paintings, like I said, that are sad. I have paintings that are happy. I have a little bit of both. And I think that addressing those emotions is something that we don't do. We don't talk about how we feel or or why we feel a certain way. And I think that's one thing, like conversation. That's what the core value of the Spread Love Army is, is conversate with new people and talk about things. Talk about things you don't want to talk about. Talk about Mm -hmm. things that you've never talked about to people you've never talked to. So it's, it's powerful. Absolutely. Of all of your paintings, which one would you say is, like, I hope this isn't, like, a dumb question, but which one would you say is, like, probably your favorite or one that has the most meaning to you? Okay, there's two answers to this question for sure. And if you guys come to this Valentine's Day show, you'll see both of them because they're actually in the show. Um, One piece is the... I actually have it priced in the the show as the most expensive piece just because I don't want it to sell. (laughs) So, like, I, I priced it, like... Like four or five thousand more than anything else in the show, like a lot more than everything by a huge number. And uh, that painting was done for a friend of mine that had passed away a couple years ago from a drug overdose. And um, I think that that was the first time in my life where I had, like, I've, I've had relatives and, and family members that have passed away and distant friends that, like, not friends, like family friends that have passed away. But that was the first time that was like a homie, like someone in my life that I've told secrets to that I've gotten fucked up with, that I've done, I don't know if you swear. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> let it all out. <laughs> okay. I've said a few words, I'm like, mm, man, wait, that, uh, that, no, that's something okay. that you're a bit, but uh, that was my buddy, you know, like mm-hmm. that was someone that I, it was ride or die for like seven years, so I did a painting, I didn't even paint when he first passed away, a lot of our friend group actually got really, really down about everything that had happened, but... I didn't paint for a while, and I had this piece that was unfinished of the Pittsburgh skyline with two people kissing, and it was just so overly positive at a point mm-hmm. in my life where I was just not happy at all, so I comic booked over that, mm-hmm. which as I, you guys may know, I put, I put the comic books behind all my work and paint over top of them, mm-hmm. so it makes it pretty easy to like cover them up like mm-hmm. if I ever want to paint over them, and I painted over that Pittsburgh scene, this image of like a pirate ship in these rocky waves being wrecked and, and crashed into... And it's called the changing of the tide. So mm-hmm. it's like this whole idea that no matter how rocky the waves get, we're all still steering our boat. Mm-hmm. And there's this big galaxy behind it to kind of symbolize time and space. And this idea that we're all just cruising through time and space and things are going to happen. Wow. That is the most meaningful piece I've ever done. But I have another one that I've really, I've always loved. I did this other piece called Brainwash the Youth mm-hmm. back in like 2016. So this mm-hmm. is actually the first time it's in an official gallery show. Both pieces actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a... The depiction of a small boy holding an iPad mm-hmm. and on the iPad when you look at it it's a little like symbol from like Instagram and then around him is like a circular stack of books and the whole idea is that these books are meant to represent infinite knowledge and the idea that you can learn anything through reading but his only focus and the iPad is also that same thing that idea that that iPad is unlimited knowledge and the kid is just focused on this social media like mm. so rather than thinking for himself he's worried about what other people think and it's this powerful image that I've had for a while and I don't think I've even come close to like replicating that same image and it has a nice gold, gold like 
glorious gold frame that kind of mm-hmm. just brings it all together. Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, both pieces are in the show. and mm-hmm. I've never said this to an artist, but I hope it doesn't sell. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Because I've, I've had the other one I've only had about a year now. And I do prints of all my work, so the, the, the Changing of the Tides piece has sold like the little printed versions of it several different times. And every time they get it, I always tell them that full story. Like, my friend died of a drug overdose. Like, these are things that people mm-hmm. don't really talk about openly like that, where it's mm-hmm. like they did something that they knew had the possibility of something like that happening. And I make sure to let people know that I've been through that and that it's just sad, you know, it's, it's an emotional thing. And the last time I actually sold one of those prints, the person didn't know anything about it. He had already bought it. He was like, here, cash in hand. I love this. And I'm like, well, before you get out of here, let me tell you about it. Mm-hmm. And when I told him the whole story, he looks at me and he said, wow, I actually overdosed and was brought back to life about a year before that. Oh, and I was just yeah. like, well, he said, this painting means more than, this print means more to me than I yeah. ever could have imagined after hearing that story because now it relates to me on a personal level. And I was just like, man, <laughs> that's exactly, oh, yeah. that was the mic drop on a perfect thing. I was just like, wow, that could not have ended any better, you know? Well, and they were supposed to find your work. And exactly. You were to find that's what them. I was thinking too. Yes. Yeah. It's like the art takes me on a journey and I get to meet all these wonderful people and they all have their own stories too. So like to hear that that guy's been through that, not even like. A friend watching a friend. That's his life had had that happen to him, and he overcame it and came out another on the other end. And I never would have guessed it from talking to him that anything like that would have ever happened. He, you know, he he turned it around, and he, I think it was great that we got to interact with one another. I had a thing like that happen. I mean, very different, but similar moment where I I felt very grateful to be doing what I was doing. Um, it was, I guess, like a year and a half, two years ago at an art show that I had done, and um, I was showing my photography and. I had this one picture that I'd taken up in Cowdersport, Pennsylvania, and um, was a, a dear friend of mine used to live there. And the picture was out, it was like peeking through the door in his Jeep, looking at this very cloudy road. And um, this person came over and I, they were just holding the photo, just looking at it. And I was wondering what they were thinking, but I, I wanted them to have their moment with it. And they had said they wanted to purchase it. And I asked them why. And which I normally don't do, and I feel like that was a very intrusive thing to do looking back, but um, they looked at me and they were like, my best friend used to always take photos looking out of cars, and he passed away yesterday. Wow. And he said, like, I feel like I'm supposed to be right here right now and, like, finding this picture. And it was one of those moments where I was like, I, like, you don't even know what to say because that wasn't even a picture that I realized was that powerful. Like, it didn't... It, I was happy that I took it because I thought it, it looked nice and it was a great memory for me, but I didn't know what it could mean for someone else. And that's I think that's the power of art is that we never know what it's going to mean to someone else. We just create and hope that it sticks somewhere. Absolutely. So it, it's just a really powerful thing when that happens. No, I, I, I love that. I, I would love to see that photo as well, oh, but I, I think it's neat to hear what other people have to say. Like mm-hmm. there's been times where I've done shows and stuff <laughs> where, um, like, I don't talk to people, or, like, maybe they don't know that I'm the person that did that piece, and I overhear them talking about mm-hmm. it with somebody, or I'll butt in and start talking to them, and they don't know that it's me, and then, like, I hear their side of it, and I'm just like, this is a whole different thing, or, like, I'll always ask people, like, what do they see before I tell them what I see, because yeah. you have your meaning, and I have my meaning, but they're not always going to be the same, and it's just, it's just so unique to see, like, it's perception, everybody has a different perception of everything, so, like, the idea of, like, a, fo- a picture takes, or says a thousand words, and every every person's thousand words is going to be different, you know. Mm-hmm. Has anyone's meanings ever like completely shocked you? Yes, or, like... oh, daily almost. <laughs> like I, I did a 
another painting you'll see in the show called I'm Sorry, and it's mm -hmm. this guy holding a cell phone in his hand at a coffee table, mm -hmm. and on the painting, you can actually see the conversation above him that's on the phone screen. It's mm -hmm. like, if he says I'm sorry with the blue bubble, mm -hmm. and then it's the three dots saying that they're at least looking at it, mm -hmm. and some old man came up to me, and he's like, I really like that cell phone painting, you know? Like, and there's like all the different images behind him and everything. He's mm -hmm. like, that guy's on his phone, and he doesn't even realize the whole world's going on around him, because all the little images of the faces and the things in the photographs, mm -hmm. and I was like, you, you did you even notice the conversation like he is focusing on his world you know he's apologizing to someone that he didn't mean to hurt and it's this whole idea that this old man saw this guy ignoring the whole world where in my mind the whole time he was focused on one thing that was very important to him you know yeah. and it was just it was like the old and young like he yeah. saw this old this young kid on his phone and i saw this whole story unfolding just from that one instant of the phone in his hand i feel so, like that speaks a lot to like generationality too definitely. like a lot of older people think that when they see us using social media social media or anything else that it's us disconnecting when in a lot in a lot of cases that's the one way that some people can connect with others definitely. and i totally agree with you when you're speaking to the the other painting that you've done where like, I, if I didn't take pictures, I, I would not have social media. I disagree with it in so many ways, and I think that it can be a real hindrance to how we connect with people. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it, I think about the people that I wouldn't talk to on a daily basis if I did not have that medium. Absolutely. So it's important. Definitely. Like, even just as simple as liking someone's post from high school just to be like, I see you, you know? Yeah. And, like, I know that the, the photo of the child is kind of super ironically the opposite of that, but... There's a good way and a bad way to go about it. You know? Yeah. Well, and everything's so complex. Like, I wouldn't write anything off entirely. Yeah. I wouldn't say that social media is wholly bad or the best thing in the world, but I think it's how you use it and how your intention transfers with it. Like, when I started doing art, I never thought that my entire life was going to be social media. You know, like, <laughs> every single day I'm trying to constantly remain relevant and post new things and stay up to date with everyone that's following along with everything. And even this month, I've had, like, I have this gallery showing for the entire month. So this is my first time doing live videos. Every day I've been doing a new live video, mm -hmm. just talking yeah. about one new painting. Mm -hmm. And it is so uncomfortable because, like, we hide behind our phone screens. Yeah. And now I'm live on the yeah. phone screen. Like, today I did the live video three different times. Mm -hmm. And, like, I messed up the first two and just exited out and deleted mm -hmm. it real quick. People still saw it and they saw mm -hmm. that I was live. And I was just like, this is a different thing you know it's like the next step of like social media now we're broadcasting our moments live you know it's it's weird so what inspired you to start those artist talks like what made you honestly the conversations i have with people in person i had uh so drew bayora is uh one of the guys that does studio friendship with me which we'll talk about but mm -hmm. he's an audio engineer and after we were doing a session he came down to check the show out mm -hmm. And we're talking about it, and he's like, dude, do you have any, like, I'm telling him everything I'm telling you guys right now, like, this piece means this, and those photos in the background, and this, that, and the other thing. And he's like, dude, do you have this written down anywhere? Can, do people know this? And I'm like, not unless I tell them face to face. And he's like, you should go talk live, or, or make a video, or write it down in a book or something. And I was like, man, that's a great idea. So, like, that was January 31st, and the show opened the next day. So I was like, I could start it tomorrow, and we could just do it with all the paintings in the show. And it was just one of those things where, like, just having another conversation with somebody in my life led to this whole thing that now it's uncomfortable for me and it's new for me, but it's also like a great way for people that don't get to come see me in person or see the work in person to get involved and hear the stories. And a lot of people don't even realize sometimes that I like use comic books or that there are bigger meanings to it, you know? Now, do you choose your comic books based on the painting or is it just like whatever comic book? 
Um, I never really choose the, the comic books for the painting. So the, the comic books are typically negativity in some way, shape, or form. Like, I'm looking for images of, like, violence or pain or sadness. Just all these negative emotions that we all can connect to and relate with. And I put those in the background. And then I have, like, sketchbooks upon sketchbooks upon sketchbooks of different images that are positive that I'm, I'm excited to paint. So the, the, the narrative behind it with the comic books is kind of already predetermined in some way. But... I just rip comic books up and start stacks of like panels and just glue randomly. And then once the positive image is painted, I'll go back and uh, look through and see what actually shows up. But there's never really an intention in what's put together. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think that's actually really cool. Do you, so in terms of like the um, in terms of the like, are you a comic book? Comic book. Don't mouth. (laughs) No swearing, Liz. We talked about this. (laughs) We're never going to get rid of that explicit rating on Spotify. Every episode. Every episode. Explicit rating. Um, And now I'm over here with a potty mouth. I'm sorry. Let Um, the comic fook. Yeah. (laughs) That should be your Twitter handle. (laughs) The comic fook. The comic fook, Yes. (laughs) So my question was if you were a comic book fan in general, like Absolutely. even with all those like violent things that me not like the violence within the comic books, not like that comic books are violent, but you know, yeah. but there's a little like I mean our superheroes, like you yes. know, you yeah. see like Batman doing like thwack. <laughs> I yeah, I've been a diehard comic book fan since mm-hmm. I was, that's actually what got me into drawing. Mm-hmm. Like when I was a little kid I got my first Spider Man comic book. Mm. And it wasn't even long after that that I started trying to draw the cover and draw the images inside. And, like, that's what kickstarted everything. So not fast forward to college. I was trying to do paintings. And just bringing those two things together worked out in a great way. And I, I think it calls back to my youth. It's, like, a, it's something that always constantly reminds me, like... I remember, be, like, I'm sure, I don't know if you guys were ever like this, but, like, when you're a kid and you promise yourself you're never going to grow up, mm-hmm. like, this is, like, as close to that as I could possibly get. Like, I'm mm-hmm. still relatantly going to New Dimension comic books uh, every week or every month mm-hmm. and picking out new comic books and getting my stack and going home mm-hmm. and still drawing and painting. Now I'm doing it for a living, so it's just, mm-hmm. like, it's just, like, the little kid in me is, like, screaming and, and joy. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you went to college, what did you see yourself doing with art? So, I mean, even a little bit before that, when I was in high school, I wanted to be an architect. Mm. I wanted to be an architect slash construction worker because I thought if I could design the house and build the house, more people would hire me. Mm -hmm. And then I went to uh, CMU, actually, for a high school program to do architecture and hated it. Absolutely (laughs) hated it. I was like, this is not Frank Lloyd Wright. This is not, like, like Philip Johnson. This is awful. (laughs) It's just math and science, and I hate all those things, so... (laughs) That's when I knew I wanted to not do that anymore, and I immediately went from there to comic book writer. I was like, I could draw comic books and write stories for a living, which I've done a few that have never been shown to very many people, but that was the next step, and I realized the amount of energy that goes into that. So like, to do a comic book, you, you have to draw and write 35 plus pages every month, and I'm just like, man, that's a lot of work, and I love drawing. Like I could, I could typically do about a drawing a day, like a small sketch, but not a full, finished, colored, detailed yeah. image, you know? And I've always been anti-kind of technology, too, so like nowadays, comic book writers are doing it digitally a lot, but it was just, that led me into painting. Um, I, I have the art history uh, influence from college as well, and if you think about most of the prolific paint, like artists of every generation... The painters. So I was like, wow, I should really maybe start learning a little bit more about that and get into painting. 
And I was fortunate enough to have a phenomenal painting instructor mm-hmm. in college, Heather Hurdle, who I still have a great relationship with to this day. Mm-hmm. And she really helped me figure out what I wanted to do and how to do it and gave me a lot of serious critiques and said mm-hmm. what was good and said what was bad. So mm-hmm. that was huge. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what got me into that. That's awesome. That's, you just are such a, you're such a positive, like, <laughs> vibe. But, like, you just, like, are a walking good vibe. And I know, yeah. like, I don't want you to think that we're all, like, putting you on a pedestal of no, like, positivity. No. But, like, it's just, like, I just feel real warm talking to you, man. I'm happy cool. to hear that. Like, <laughs> it takes a lot of energy to be positive, honestly. Like, I, I tell people that all the time. It's way easier to be a jerk than it is to be nice. So, like, it's As been an exercise. As a jerk, I can tell you. It's very easy. <laughs> you know, I was going to say I got that vibe. You seem scared. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm a wa- you're a walking good vibe. I'm walking bad vibe. <laughs> Both have been great so far. Oh, so. We still have time. <laughs> <laughs> the night is young. Can you tell us about the friendship shit? This- I'm having a real comic fook band. There's actually a comic fook about the friendship. No. (laughs) Um, So the friendship sessions are really as close as I'll ever be to get to being a rock star. Like I wish I could make like play an instrument or sing or anything musically talented like that. So like what they really are is uh, it's like a mix of Bob Ross meets like Tiny Desk or MTV Unplugged. So it's it's art happening while music is happening, all for the purpose of showing a larger audience. So we film them. Uh, each session has two songs that go with it so two songs by a new Pittsburgh musician every single time and I do a painting every time and Mm -hmm. it's like it's a great way to collaborate and we call them friendship sessions because ultimately we're building friendships you know and it's the idea of these two worlds coming together which Mm -hmm. they're both art they're both fine art music painting all these things have always been in the same genre but they never really have come together in a way that I think is exciting and fun to watch. So, so you do the whole piece within the two songs? Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of wiggle room with that. <laughs> so I, I often try, if it's a really, really movie complex magic. piece. Oh, that's the term right there. I, I'm <laughs> going to start saying that from now on. <laughs> it's totally movie magic. Like I'll have, I'll have like 25 to 50% of the piece done the day of. And then we actually do several takes of each song. So it's like Cool. We make sure that the musician is comfortable with the audio that they do and the, the performance that they give, and then the videographer, who's Benton Palermo, who does all of our shooting mm-hmm. and uh, video work, who I actually went to Slippery Rock with. We're both uh, alumni from there. But he takes multiple takes of each shot, so he has got plenty of video footage. He time-lapses my painting each mm-hmm. time. So we have a lot of different things that we kind of piece together to make each session. Wow. And it's yeah. fun, because uh, every time it's something completely different. We've had... Full bands, single acts, men, women, rappers, country singers. We just had our first country singer. Oh so it's just like, it's all these different worlds coming together for the intentions of showing people that it's possible and that art is powerful. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. I'm sorry, I have a cat in my lap. It's and okay. I'm taking full She's advantage. much nicer to you. <laughs> There's a thing about men. She likes men. Oh, she probably sometimes. smells my cat. Oh. Um, so, what, see, I, I hate to ask this, but is that, like, your favorite part? I feel like that would be my favorite thing, like, in the whole world, doing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I just filmed my 23rd one today, like I was telling mm-hmm. you guys, and it, it's awesome. And, you know, and it gives me a reason to paint. Like, mm-hmm. I know no matter what, on a friendship session shoot day, mm-hmm. I'm going to be painting something. And it's going to be new, and it's going to be finished. Um, the piece I did today, which season three hasn't stopped, started yet. Mm-hmm. We've got two seasons out, 20 sessions out now. Wow. Each session, like I said, is two songs. So there's 40-plus mm-hmm. videos of all these different sessions, 20 different paintings, 20 different musicians. Mm-hmm. And uh, season three is gearing up to be, like, our best one yet and all the paintings I'm doing are Pittsburgh themed like we've been thinking like yeah it's a Pittsburgh artist in a Pittsburgh place with a Pittsburgh musician but there's nothing visually Pittsburgh at all so this time around I've started doing a series of 
bridges or, or cityscape scenes mixed with Pittsburgh icons. So like episode one, which is dropping very soon, we haven't picked a release date just yet, is going to feature a painting of Sidney Crosby with the Roberto Clemente bridge. Cool. Yeah, and then see episode two is going to have uh, Jerome Bettis, the bus, <laughs> with the Spread Love bus. So it's like, <laughs> and then uh, the one I did today was actually Mac Miller with the full skyline. So it was like Mac wow. Miller overlooking the skyline. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's a really neat way to also like, now it's not just Pittsburgh people, it's a Pittsburgh thing like we really really want to put our pride for the city right on the forefront and make it as obvious as possible that we're proud of where we come from and we're proud of the community because like we were saying earlier like the community supports this thing that's happening in the city there's a lot of music a lot of art and a lot of creativity happening and everyone seems to be gung-ho on it and we're kind of documenting that like 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 23 different musicians that most people haven't heard of this them or the like this that the other have an opportunity and outlet to listen and hear all these things do you have a specific session that like or like how are you able to keep track of all the paintings you do that's actually one of my biggest (laughs) questions because you do so many you just said like 23 paintings just in this one like thing that you've been doing yeah and then there are the ones that you do for events and then how do you keep track of all of them like i don't honestly like everything on instagram at the end of the year i'll count those up but that's not even everything like (laughs) that's just what i document and put online like i have paintings i do just for me like i'm fortunate enough to where like even if i'm unmotivated to paint or i'm in an angry mood and i don't want to paint or i don't want to work on this or that i still always end up painting like i have this problem where i just can't sit still for a long period of time so if i'm not working on a piece that i'm happy with i'm working on a piece i hate (laughs) or like i'm working on something and like i'm constantly doing something so like for every one painting that's online there's probably two or three that are right next to it that'll never be seen or painted over or just practices and i don't know it's just weird i i have like I have, like, receipts of all the ones that have sold, so I, I mix the ones that have sold with the ones on Instagram, mm-hmm. and whatever that number is at the end is what the total mm-hmm. number of paintings I have that I know about of the year, mm-hmm. and I've had people, like, show me photos of the paintings they have, and I'm like, man, I really don't even remember <laughs> doing that one, but I could tell that I did, and it sparks up a whole other conversation about it. Wow. Do you like doing commissions for people? Because one of my best friends got a commission from you mm-hmm. uh, for her boyfriend for Christmas. One of my favorite paintings of all time. I love Absolutely. that one. That is a so happy. Painting. So what, like, do you, so in terms of commissions, is there, like, a requirement that you have? Or, like, if someone says, like, hey, I want you to do this painting, like, for Rue the Cat, like, would you do it? Like, Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I've been lucky enough to get so many pet portraits recently. Like, people uh-huh. are just constantly hitting me up to do their animals, like, portraits of their animals. So, like, I've done three cat paintings so far. Oh, no! <laughs> She's down. For those listening, the cat is down. The <laughs> cat is down. Audio medium, everyone. <laughs> but I love commission work, you know? Like, there's some of my favorite paintings I've done that I never even would have thought of, you know? Like, I did a piece over uh, Christmas that was around the same time as I did Steph's painting. And um, it was this person's uncle, Uncle Buddy was his nickname, and he was a Navy guy. So they had me paint Uncle Buddy playing the guitar. He was a musician, Navy guy. And behind him was his Navy patch, and he was from Squirrel Hill. So they had me put the Squirrel Hill Cafe. They had me put a few Squirrel Hill icon things. (laughs) (laughs) And and I just loved it because it was something that was so meaningful to them that was still along the lines of the spread love message. And I would have never even created it if Mm -hmm. they didn't tell me about this story or this thing. So commissions are so fun. Mm -hmm. I think I wish more people would hit me up for commissions. (laughs) That is kind of how I make my living. I would love for more people to come at me with ideas. How has your relationship with art changed since making it a business venture as well? You think it would be like 
work, but I'm in a good place right now where yeah. I'm constant. Like, like I kind of set my life up where I have pieces I'm excited for. Like, I know the friendship session ones are always going to be something that I want to be excited about. Mm-hmm. And, like, Benton and Drew and I, like, we get excited about this. Like, Drew doesn't just do audio engineering. He plays instruments in a few of the sessions. So, like, he's a musician. Benton is a full-time videographer. So, like, we're all kind of self-employed in doing this thing mm-hmm. that we love to do. And coming together to do it, we don't want it to feel like we're... We want it to feel like a party yeah. or an event or a festival mm-hmm. or something. And I set those moments up to be able to enjoy that and then there are times where like like christmas was a lot i did i think 19 commissions Mm -hmm. from november to december and it was just like the last week leading up to christmas i'm like everything needs to get done everything needs to be shipped everything needs to be delivered like oh Mm -hmm. no no like so it it, it has its highs and its lows but it seems to be having way more highs than lows good good now what i do want to talk to you about is you recently well like semi-recently I saw on Instagram, you got engaged. Mm-hmm. So how does that, like, do you feel that, like, how is this message of love and positivity, how does that affect your relationship with your now fiancé? We hate each other. Spread <laughs> love. <laughs> no, no. She's absolutely super uh, supportive and low-key my secret weapon. <laughs> she does, like... We both went to art school at Slippery Rock together. Oh. I've seen, like, everyone that I went to Slippery Rock together with has, like, slowly become a full-time thing in my life. But uh, Jess and I have been together for going on 10 years now. So it's like wow. she's been in my life for, since the beginning of this whole journey, and we kind of vibe off each other. Like, she knows the, the goal, and she knows what we want to do. And she uh, she's a good worker, so, like, she'll, like, do my web design, help make business cards, and she'll work my booths at festivals while I'm live painting and kind of help sell and stuff, so... We, we bounce off each other. And ultimately, we want to get to the point where we're... Like, she's got a, a, a day job as well. Mm-hmm. So I work full-time doing the art. She does a, a full-time thing there and comes and helps with all this other stuff mm-hmm. after the fact. So she works hard, and wow. we're really trying to make this the full-time thing. Mm-hmm. What kind of art does she make? So she says all the time that art school killed her creativity. <laughs> but she does a, a fantastic job of uh, linoleum-cut prints mm-hmm. where she, like, prints them on, like... Stonehenge paper with a clear uh, tissue paper over top of it, and then she embroiders over top of that. So I want to see. That sounds oh, amazing. I'll send you photos. Please There's do. like a mask over top of the, the linoleum print, so it's like black and white but gray with the, with the like paper over top of it, and then colorful yarn that sews everything together. So it's kind of like this wow. this creativity underneath the skin. With like, I guess you could say like a tattoo of embroidery on top of it, so it's neat. That's amazing. Yeah, she did that, and then a lot of abstract painting. So our like Heather was her painting professor as well, mm-hmm. and she would always say like, it's so weird. Like he's like very to the point. Like I paint people, places, things, and it's like relatively accurate to the photo. And she's like fully abstract, and neither of us can do either. Like like one or the other. Like so, it's it's weird that we come together like that. That's cool. That's really that's really cool. Do you, now the hard thing is like she can't have she can't have you do commissions for yourself and you can't have her do commissions for you because it's definitely yeah. a, a challenge in terms of the painting gifts. Is your like yeah, is oh, your house yeah, just yes. like lines of paintings yes. like from the both of you? I love it. it uh, <laughs> so the studio space where we film Studio Friendship mm-hmm. is actually our living space. Like mm-hmm. it, it's a I didn't know that. it's a working living space in uh, East Liberty for low income artists to have a place to stay and create. Mm-hmm. And we both live and work out of there. So like I said, she hasn't really been making art in a very long time, and she's a musician as well. So mm-hmm. if we're lucky, she'll play the ukulele from time to time. Mm-hmm. But 
Um, the space that we live in is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's like open floor plan, studio, giant high 15-foot ceilings. Wow. And right now it's empty because all the work is in the solo show. But <laughs> usually there's like 30 paintings that line mm-hmm. the entire room. And right now it's a lot of old college stuff for me. Some gifts that people give me. Like a lot of people will give me paintings and stuff. And I love it. But usually they're not on the walls because like I have people come and film those sessions in there. So it's like always like a walking gallery space of mm-hmm. my work. And right now it's mixed. Oh, I love it. I wake up every day and like the side that our building and our windows are, which are giant, giant industrial windows, is the side the sun rises on. Mm -hmm. So every morning the sun gets me up Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, all right, it's time to create. Or Mm -hmm. I jump out of bed and I'm like, oh my God, I got to get everything done. Like Mm -hmm. no matter what, I'm getting up early and working throughout the day. So that must be fun. I (laughs) I, I've been, we recently talked about this. I've been like doing this. My body now wakes up at like 3 a.m. for no reason. And then just like goes back to sleep. So like, you know, by like, you know, sunlight hours, I'm like, but now like, I have to get up for, like work and stuff. Like, yeah. ah, the grind. That's the grind. my thought too. Like everyone else in the world is getting up at seven and going to work a full day. Like I should have to do that too. You know, there's no shoulds. There are like, and I'm not saying I do a full eight hour day, but I get up when the sun comes mm-hmm. up. I, I like, sometimes I'll take my fiance to work and I'll drop her off. So I know, Hey, she got there. She didn't have to worry about parking in the city, which we all know is a nightmare. And then I come home, start my day. Sometimes I'll paint for four hours, get a piece done, have lunch, watch some TV, go back, work on a new piece. Like it's not a full eight hour day scattered throughout the day. And sometimes I have sessions I'm working or right now I'm keeping the gallery hours open. So like a lot of my day is just sitting in the gallery space, which is driving me crazy. (laughs) I can't sit still, but I figured if you guys are like going to work and doing your nine to five grind or like, like our, my parents have been working for the last 50 years, I could, mm-hmm. I could get up early and do my work. And like, it's a career at the end of the day. So it should be treated as such. If you come at everything with a professional mind, people are going to see that you're professional mm-hmm. and want to work with you for that reason. You know, mm-hmm. what is your fiance's name? Jess. Jess. Have you and Jess ever made a painting together? Like, has she ever embroidered something that you've done? Not that crazy yet. I would love to do something like that. We did a piece where, she's still like for a while she was trying to find herself as an artist so when we were still in college we did a piece together where she had painted the sky and the water and I had painted the Pittsburgh skyline so we I've always had these Pittsburgh paintings and that was the first time we ever collaborated together and people liked it so much that they offered to buy it and we were like no this is ours we're not going to sell it but we'll make a new one so we've actually done I think five Pittsburgh skyline paintings together and one Baltimore skyline Mm -hmm. randomly enough someone that's a family friend from Baltimore was like oh, these are great, we'd love one, mm-hmm. and, and commissioned us to do it. But even that was, like, three years ago. Like, we haven't done a painting together in a really long time. But we have. That's awesome. Fun. Can you do a New York one? Absolutely. <laughs> the piece that we originally did was actually one of those cheesy Target canvases of Manhattan. Uh, and we painted over it. I <laughs> love, love those. I love those. I love those cheesy Target canvases, especially no. the ones of Manhattan. Everyone has those. Buy it from an original, like an artist. Don't okay. any oh. any artist. Find okay. an artist that specializes that and do it because that, that stuff's so tacky. And I mean, I don't know. That's how I make my living. I don't want my stuff to be in Target or Walmart. Or I also wonder, like, who the artists are that those things come from. Yeah, I wonder. Because it had to, like, come, like, even if they made it within Target or whatever the company would be, they had to steal the idea from someone else. And I've had so many friends in, like, they, especially in, like, the fashion scene that they've created something. Mm. Like, my one friend, Sadie, who owns Three Pigs Vintage in Lawrenceville. There, like, just, like, a couple weeks ago at one of the award shows, like, there were people wearing her designs that she's had, like, years ago. And it's happened over and over again with her things. And it's just, like, so frustrating for me to see... 
people who like work their asses off making something really really special that means something to them and then that just becoming like a commodity to hollywood or whoever else definitely so i mean i I hope you don't that's kind of the goal you know like you want hollywood and these big rich elites these fancy people to love your work and and appreciate it but you should always get your credit you know like if those celebrities at the red carpet are saying i got this at three pigs then that's great, you know. That's what we're, we're striving for, but it's a lot of the time it, it doesn't happen, you know. It gets overlooked. Yeah. Mm. But I don't know. It's the name of the game. It's the nature of the beast. Like, if I like do some type of like commission work or something, I always try to work up some type of contract ahead of time, or, or at least a verbal agreement where like I want you guys to do this with it, or don't do that with it, you know. Or yeah. make sure if you post a photo of this, please tag me, or at least mention to your friends that you got it from me, you know. Like, I think that a lot of artists are more quickly looking for any opportunity but not really looking at the quality of the opportunity yeah so like that's a good way of saying that yeah i think they need to just make like like there's one saying that people always say like if it seems too good to be true it probably is like that's ha- that stuff happens all the time like people mm-hmm. are really quick to take advantage of you and like i still get the random homies that are like hey man can you draw my tattoo up for free or like stuff like that like people are always looking for like that cheap thing oh yeah yeah something along those lines yeah. Well, and I think that's something, I don't know if you've had this experience, but something that I've experienced in doing photography was, like, it took me a couple of years to get comfortable saying, like, I should charge for this. This is what my worth is as an artist. Because the whole time, like, I would be like, oh, well, I'll just do it for free or I'll do it for whatever reason that was smaller than what my time was worth. Because I don't think at that time in my life I believed that what I was doing was worth it. Yeah. And I've run into, like, so many other artists telling me the same thing. It's like, they just... They didn't see the value in it, so they had trouble advocating for themselves as artists to make yeah. that value into a monetary price. Um, is that something that you've ever struggled with, or do you think that school prepared you for that? I don't think school prepared me for that at all. I think, mm-hmm. like, a lot of the times, like, schools, sc- like college is good to teach you how to make, but not how to make money off of mm-hmm. what you make, you know? Which seems like a, an important skill to learn. Yeah, but, like, even what you're saying, like, working for free, like, there's opportunities for that, too. Like, there's a time and place where oh, that's absolutely. the thing that you should do. Like, ultimately, when people see your stuff and see that you're doing stuff, they're going to see some type of legitimacy behind what you're doing. So, just... Every, like, I've done free murals. I've done, like, art drops or something that I've done a lot of where I, like, take artwork to different cities or sometimes I've done it in Pittsburgh as well. And uh, the artist I used to work with does it still in Pittsburgh, so I kind of try to do it outside of the city. And uh, I've given, like, I, I take these works and I leave them in places for free and then people find them. And then oftentimes, like, they'll post it and someone in their story will like that and reach yeah. out to me and ask how much it would cost for something like that. So, like, it's all, that's it's marketing, you know. Doing work for free is marketing a future... Uh, opportunity and I think it can also spread love for lack of a better way of saying that (laughs) like one of my favorite things that I've done with my photography is is collaborate with best buddies and it was a relationship that I had being involved with the organization on campus are you familiar with them their logo is the Keith Haring painting isn't it yes yes it is and (laughs) I I was so excited that was like the first thing when I found out about them I was like okay they must be a great organization (laughs) and then I found out that I just absolutely loved them and started out in their organization like freshman year of college having a buddy and then um, turns out like a couple years later, one of my really good friends is one of the people that runs it in the area and she's amazing. And so I do volunteer photography for them now, but it's like, I don't think I would be able to go to those events or appreciate them with the the, the way that I do if I didn't have that perspective of coming in and getting to see everyone's faces light up when they experience something really fun. And I think that like, that's the value of art in so many ways is putting yourself in the way of a new experience in order to 
make yourself see the world in a little bit of a different way. And maybe that helps other people see it in a different way, too. Definitely. Speaking of experiences that are fun, I'm the queen of segues on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can you tell us about your very big Valentine's Day extravaganza that's coming up on Friday? Absolutely. I'm so excited. Um, it's going to be crazy. I've put up so much effort into doing this. Like a lot of the, sh- uh, the work in the shows or the, in the show, which there's 30 paintings in the show, uh, are from 2019 are friendship sessions of the past. And then a lot of them were ones that I just finished in December and January to get ready for this gallery show. So it's a month long art show at spinning plate gallery leading up to this Valentine's day reception. And this is my second year doing a Valentine's day show with the spread love army because it's just so cheesy. It's perfect. You know? <laughs> so this year we have a, uh, a host of the night, which is a transformational speaker, Marcel Johnson. And he, uh, is known as kingdom kid online. We have, a harpist who's going to play a full-blown harp, which I've never even seen one in person. So I'm like, the fact that there's even a harpist there, her name's Samara Egan. And then uh, we have a ballet performance with two dancers, um, Ari Fonts and Aaron Maisie. Mm-hmm. And finally, a sideshow clown, uh, Icky Vicky, who is a formerly broken, or heartbroken clown, and now she's found love. So she's going to be there oh doing these crazy little tricks and, and singing, actually, for uh, tips. And if you tip her, she'll sing you a song and give you a rose. So That's amazing. Yeah, oh, it, my gosh. It is the most cheesy, romantic thing, and mm-hmm. that's what I love about Valentine's Day. Like, I've met so many people that are like, oh, I hate Valentine's Day or anti-Valentine's Day and all these things. And I'm like, but why? <laughs> like, this is the day where we should be like that, you know? Yeah. And I'm a holiday guy. I like dressing up on Halloween. I like ugly sweaters on Christmas. And mm-hmm. I like being cheesy and lovey on Valentine's Day, you know? Do you have, like, a suit that is, like, covered Absolutely. in hearts on I have a hot pink suit that I'm going to paint hearts on. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Someone's going to like try to buy it off of you. You know that, Shit, right? the price is right. You can take it <laughs> off my body right there. How does $22 sound? Didn't even cover the cost of shipping. Okay. <laughs> You'll just have to design some like very nice painted boxers in case that happens oh, in that way. <laughs> so I actually have an online supplier, that uh, Printful. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but they print on demand. So like you upload a design onto the website and then you link it to your website and if people buy it from there, they take a percentage and make that order for that one person. So like Wow, so you I, don't even have to do it. Yeah, so like I have a pair of, of spread love leggings, I got socks, like I've never thought of boxers or like you even panties. Definitely do spread love boxers. Right? I would buy spread I would buy spread <laughs> sorry mom, I would totally buy spread love panties. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna make it happen. You know, you know that uh, that company, Me Undies. Yes. Yes, they have. They're actually our sponsors. So uh, they're not, we don't sponsor one day, them. you spoke it into existence. No, it could see. happen. Yeah, they're Me definitely undies. gonna hear this podcast. We've been speaking a lot of sponsors into existence. They have not happened yet. New Amsterdam, um, we're waiting. <laughs> New Amsterdam with whiskey. Uh, Wiggles doable. Like they're they're in the strip district, aren't they? Liz yeah. works for them. So that's Liz, Liz, you should be hitting them up every single day. Sponsor my podcast. All right, Florida's natural lemonade. I want Florida natural to sponsor this. <laughs> just anything and everything. Lindor chocolates. <laughs> Everyone just sponsor me. It's doable. Like Studio Friendship actually just got their first sponsor in January. Oh my god. Yeah, Stoney's beer. Shout out Stoney's beer. Thank you guys for everything. They give us a monthly budget and way too much free beer. That's <laughs> so. amazing. I need to. Uh, well, we make cocktails. We it's can. okay. We could. We could sip. That's why we need wiggle whiskey. Come uh, on, wiggle. Where you been? <laughs> I, wiggle. I, 
maybe they've been very good to us. Mary yeah. Ellen was on our show a couple of oh, weeks ago. Yes, yeah. so I believe yeah. she was our third episode, third or fourth episode. Even just pushing like a monthly bottle. That'll yeah. get you through every podcast a month. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Except month. for the musicians, because they all <laughs> drink uh, musicians are so all like, hey, <laughs> we want bourbon, we want whiskey. It's fine. It is fine. It's good. I forgot what vodka tasted like, honestly, and that is nothing. <laughs> No, it's, no, it's the best. No, I like this a lot. This is, it's a good, this is good. It's I'm, very refreshing. I work for myself, so there's a lot of times where I'm like, ah, I don't gotta go anywhere today. I'm gonna have a few drinks and just paint, and mm-hmm. vodka has become my go-to mm-hmm. if I'm just chilling with my cat. <laughs> like, that sounds like a really good day, I'm gonna be honest. I love it. My cat is my secretary, my best friend, mm-hmm. my therapist. Like, <laughs> I've had more conversations in a given day with her than most people I know in my life. What <laughs> is her name? Cherie. Cherie? Yeah, after a Stevie Wonder song. Oh, yeah, I've done several paintings of Cherie. I have uh, I have a big painting over my bed that's her in, like, a bunch of flowers, and then behind it's the city Pittsburgh, and mm. I call it the queen of the concrete jungle. Oh. Yeah. A queen. She is a queen. Like, sweet, uh, like I said, she's named after the Stevie Wonder song, My mm. Cherie Amour, and, oh, yeah. uh... Cherie actually means sweetheart. Mm-hmm. So I think the song is My Sh- my Sweetheart, My Love. Like, My Sweetheart Love. Or, mm-hmm. And she, that's what she is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like spread to tell, love, spread Cherie. Oh, I, I like to tell people I got her for free. Mm-hmm. For I bartered a spread love hoodie for her. <laughs> really? The woman that gave me her would say, No, Zach, that's not what happened. <laughs> but I, got, I, I went to um, her house to get Cherie, and she was going to buy a hoodie that day. And I'm like, you're giving me my cat. Like, I'm going to give you a hoodie. But I'm gonna tell everybody we traded the cat for the hoodie. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Don't do that! Like, I gifted you the cat, and you can gift me the hoodie, and they're not—they're not related." That's so funny. But now I tell everyone that I got her for a spread love hoodie. Someone's gonna listen to this podcast and like show up at our house and be like, "I brought you this hoodie. Where's my cat?" <laughs> Your cat is adorable. She's, she's, she's spicy. Yep. She's spicy. She's just yeah. been jumping on me this entire time. Recently, Same. I learned I how it. to jump on a few countertops recently, and I'm a little, oh, she just fell. Um, I'm a little nervous. I don't you guys gotta come check out my studio, because like I said, it's got 15-foot ceilings, and this cat has gotten to the top of all of them. <laughs> oh and we're, me and Jess are there like, get down, what are you doing? Like, and then she just jumps. get her down? She, she does like a front flip, lands on her feet, and she's like, I'm the best. And like, it happens all the time. do it? Like, cats were the original parkour doers. <laughs> well, there's a reason they say, like, uh, curiosity killed the cat, too, so... No, no. How curiosity has not killed this one is <laughs> is beyond me, because she is a curious... She's curious as hell. Count your blessings. <laughs> Crazy. She's a jungle cat. She got stripes. That's oh, a tiger. Yeah. yeah. A I leopard. think she might be a... She might be a jungle cat. I think she's... I think that there's a secret little, like... Yeah, in there. Like, I think there's definitely something going on in there that's, She's like... She's feisty. Feisty. She used to be very sweet. She used to purr a lot and, like... Oh, I don't yeah. know what happened. Yeah, she used to really be nice to me. You guys gotta stop beating this cat. Whatever. Stop it! No! <laughs> For those listening, especially PETA, no cats are harmed in the making of this podcast or any other time. Thank you. Anita. Maybe they'll sponsor us now. PETA? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> PETA. <laughs> no, I don't think they will, because I posted Pita. a picture with Punxsutawney Phil the other day. So. I was going to say, PETA made a snake kneel, okay? What? You guys, <laughs> have you guys seen the, um, it, it was their Super Bowl commercial that got rejected. No, I have not seen this. It, what? Oh. That's well, hilarious. I recently sent it to Laura, my, one of my friends, Laura. Okay. Um, and it's like, it's like a message, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> It's a lot in a... Hold on. Oh, man. I was not expecting the animation. Peter's stepping up their game. 
Wow, who are they hiring for this? This is Some artists got paid. Oh, they're kneeling for the like for the football thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, the fish are kneeling. <laughs> so, what is their message? Wait, look. Wow. Did you you see the snake? Yeah, yeah. It looks like the "Don't Tread on Me" snake, though. This is very. I mean, I guess Peta's normally political, but yeah, this is interesting. It's the little baby pig in the kneel. Oh. <laughs> This got rejected, wow. They probably just didn't pay enough. Oh, you'll you'll get why in a minute. What does it say? Remember being and speciesism. Oh wow. That's okay. the thing that like I okay. I was on board with well, I mean I was a little off board with the app when the snake meal because snakes don't have knees. Yeah. But the end speciesism thing, I feel like you can't appropriate something that is like Hey, everyone's their own thing nowadays, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Peter, I've heard, has had a history of, like, trying to, like, make something that is, like, you know, like... Just give dogs the right to vote. Yes. <laughs> My dog is kind of smart. I feel like she might make a good educated decision. Sheree is smarter than most people. Cats <laughs> are smart. I didn't know that. Like, I always grew up with dogs. And, like, I haven't even had a pet for, like, since I was, like, 10. So, like, getting Sheree... Uh, like, two years ago. No, she's about a year now. Last November, we got her. I was, like, blown away by how crazy smart cats were. Because, like, my brother's allergic. My parents were never really cat people. We never had cats like that. I was never around them. And to see how much... Like, my cat blows away any dog I've ever met in my entire life. And I'm like, wow. And she knows it. Like, I, I love that cats are aware of how smart they are and how much they don't need you. And they know how yes. much you need them. And it's just like, wow. I like how my cat knows, like, when she's doing something wrong. Like, she knows she's not allowed on this table. And, like, if someone walks in the room and she's on this table, she hops off immediately. That's but I just so want her to not be on the table in the first place. You're going to take advantage of it, too, though. Like, how many things have you been told not to do that you're like, I don't want to do this? <laughs> Valid. No, I think that they, they know what they're doing. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so how do so if I give the sad clown a tip, the sad clown who is now happy is going to sing to me. Vicky, Vicky, yes. Okay. How is her singing? Phenomenal. Okay. Oh, she's a wonderful musician. She's okay. a she's like literally so Icky Vicky's broken hearted sideshow act. Like she mm-hmm. does events all over the city regularly. That's so, amazing. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how I met her. Just you brought up Red Fishbowl earlier. I've worked with Red Fishbowl a lot. Like even when I was in college and stuff, it, it was probably one of their events that we our paths has crossed. But she's entertaining. She so I last time I seen her live was at Pittsburgh City Papers um, Best of Celebration. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I took second place for visual artist. Just oh my saying. god! Congratulations! But she was there performing, and she actually like you know those little roses that have the little water that you squirt yeah. out. She put the hose through her nose, pulled it out of her mouth, and the rose is just sitting on her nose, and she's squirting it through her mouth, and, like, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen, so, like, she gets real crazy like that, but she'll also, like, sing you a really pretty song and give you flowers. I <laughs> love all of that. I she's have awesome. to meet her. You're going to be friends. Friday, you will. Okay. I'm very much looking forward to Friday. Do we have to bring a date? No. Okay. I mean, it's encouraged, but okay. maybe you'll find love maybe there. Love will be spread. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So last year was the first Valentine's Day show, and a couple actually got engaged <gasps> at the show. Stop it! Seriously. Oh my god! Seriously, like, yeah. was it you? No, <laughs> my 
engagement story is nothing to write home about, but it was everything I wanted it to be. <laughs> but no, uh, Jesse and Christy, um, I had met them that night. Um, and I, so what I did last year was the first six couples that came got a free painting. So if you came with a date, you got a painting for the first six people. They were the sixth ones. And I'm telling them all about this painting. And next thing I know, this guy pulls out this giant diamond, puts it right in front of the painting, and then gets down on one knee. And I'm just like... Did that just happen? Like, I like the woman was dumbfounded. I was dumbfounded. We were both just quiet. And I looked at her and I'm like, if you don't say yes, I swear I'm gonna say yes and I'm gonna marry you Because <laughs> I was, it was the most romantic thing I've ever seen in my life. We're never gonna top it. So that's why I was like, I gotta get a harpist. I gotta get ballet performance. We're never gonna top an engagement. So we just got extra cheesy with it. That's beautiful. It's okay. Maybe I'll find some. Maybe I'll meet someone and they'll propose to me at this. Maybe. At this thing, at this thing. We could start like a hashtag for you, like Liz is spreading love. Liz is, Liz deserves <laughs> love. Spread love to Liz. Spread love to Liz. Only give love to Liz. <laughs> love it. So, um, this is obviously something that's very exciting for you. What are you looking forward to in the most in like your year? And I guess this is kind of like your 30 second plug, I guess. Like at the Ooh. end of every, oh. are we, do you have any more questions? Are we wrapping up? I could be here for another, we have a whole bottle of New Amsterdam that finished. <laughs> Let's do it. You know, I feel like we're all people that could talk like the entire night, and for it's sure. like I just always like feel bad. Like I'm always like not feel bad. I just always feel bad for like you know you guys. Like you guys spend your like come out of your way to come here. We never want to keep you guys too long. But if we're here, all right, awesome. Let's do it. Um, do you want some more New Amsterdam? Sure. I'm still a little bit in it, but tap it off. Let's go. Tap it off. I'm, I'm celebrating another win today, you know? Well, it's like a little... So like this much. A little guy. Like no! Right yeah, okay. Yay, weeknights. So when did you graduate college? That's a good question for you. 2018, actually. 2018. Yeah. Oh, you're a young dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm 25. I, I started school a little late and uh, spent a little time working prior to going to college. Okay. And what did you do for... Like... So here's my thing. You wanted to be an architect, and then what made you make that? Maybe we talked about this already. I don't know. You know, there's vodka involved. Um, what made you want to do like the transition to just straight up like I want to do art? Um, just I, you know, we we, brief, we briefly touched on it. I was just, just like I realized that I didn't want to like I didn't want to be an architect. I I, I saw painting as a trade. You know, mm -hmm. like. Not only, like, I'm really, really trying to transition into mural work. Like, oh. I've done, I did, t I think, I did eight, eight or nine murals last year. And, like, public art is, like, the ultimate way to spread love. Like, now it's, like, art in the street. So, like, I saw, like, you don't really hear about famous, like, people that draw. Or, like, unless you're, like, a cartoonist at a, oh. at a kid's party or something. Oh. So, like, getting into art was my way of thinking, like, if I, if I put the time into it, if I keep mastering the craft and I keep doing it at the very end of it I'll be a tradesman I could mm -hmm. I could paint an office or I could paint a corporate logo which I've done series of different logos and stuff I got to design a part of an escape room in Homestead that's so, cool yeah it's one of the dopest parts I don't know if you guys know the escape room on 8th Avenue I have not been to but I want to check it out so there's an yeah. Egyptian's to like a pharaoh's tomb in there and there's these large pillars when you walk in that have t 10 drawings that are the depiction of a pharaoh's rise to king and I did all of the designs and oh all of the gosh. drawings. Yeah, That's that was cool. like I was still in college when I did that, so I was wow. like, whoa. <laughs> I've gotten to paint like pediatricians' offices and stuff. So like, I saw that art is diverse. Everyone's an artist at the end of the day. Like everything around us is man-made or created. Well, not man-made, person-made, human-made. <laughs> 
And uh, it's just, when you approach life like that, you can kind of see the, the possibilities are endless with art. You know, mm-hmm. like, you, you're a photographer, like, I'm a painter, like, you could kind of do anything with this. And, like, I've honestly heard a lot of things where, like, different, like, career fields are hiring artists because they look at the world a different way, you know? Like, yeah. having, just getting that degree, I guess, was the thing that I was like, I could mm-hmm. do this art thing on my own, but, like, that makes me look a little bit more legitimate, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, I just never really wanted to do anything else. What's your biggest takeaway from art school? Don't go to art school. (laughs) (laughs) No, I can't say that. I can't say that. I have honestly learned so much in school. I have made so many connections. Like I said, I had I had commercial painting jobs in college because of professors and people in classes that recommended me. Mm -hmm. So like the connections I made in school were priceless, but the degree was worthless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think put that on a bumper sticker because I've never said that, and I'm gonna say that from now on. It's gonna be our. It's gonna be our quote. Our like <laughs> our little. The title of the episode is the connections you make in college are, are priceless, but college itself is worthless. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I'm still in school, so I I don't know if I can speak to it at that same level, but I think definitely what I've learned in school is that. College is there to teach you how to learn yep. because it, can, oh, yeah. it cannot possibly teach you everything it's that you're going to learn when you go to a job. Every Does job it? is going to <laughs> every job is going to be so different, and you never know until you get there. So you need to learn how to learn. Exactly. And it's really good for networking. Yeah. Like I, I don't think I would have. I don't. I don't know. Like I, people have asked me like after school, where are you going to move to? Because I always said like I would go anywhere for a job. I don't know where I'm going to end up. I would love to stay in Pittsburgh. I've fallen in love with it here. Are you um, from Pittsburgh? No, I'm from Texas. So I've been Whoa, here like, five years. Yeah, But it feels like home. And it was one of those things like I visited it the first time and I was like, this is home. I know I'm here five years later and it only feels more like home. And I think it's so much because of, it's just, it's the people. Yeah. The people here are so real. And I've met so many great connections through going to school and through working in the community. And it's, I've never like left a conversation not I've always left a conversation more inspired than when I started nice. it. And I think it's just, it's something about the people here. And I'm sure you've had a similar experience. Absolutely. There's people arrive in conversation in a very genuine way. I think they're genuine, they're honest, and they're not afraid to be honest. a jerk, but they're still going to be nice. They're the very fact. honest, yes. Yeah, that was something honest. that was so confusing for me when I first moved here. I'm like, oh my God, they're telling me exactly how they feel and it's not nice and they're not going to talk shit about me behind my back because they just talk shit to my face. Like, But I love it because you never have to wonder. It's yeah. fantastic. That's very nice. In New York, we just, that's, I'm from New York. Wow. And it's, um, New York City? New York, Long Island. Okay. Like 20 minutes outside of the city. Um, we make a joke though because at one point we were like, re- like our first week of grad school we had to, like, introduce ourselves and say, like, where we were from. And, like, I had already known these people, like, my whole life because we all did undergrad together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, hi, I'm Liz. I'm from a small town outside of New York City. And everyone just, like, started laughing because everyone knew I was from Long Island. But I didn't know how to describe it other than, like, <laughs> A small town outside of New York. <laughs> I don't know. All the Long Island towns are the same. Anyway, as I was saying, in Long Island, all we do is just... I think we talk shit to the person and then we talk shit behind their back. So you do both. So mine is behind the back. Here it's to your face and Long Island's just all of it. Everything we say is... I told you I'm a jerk. Everything we say is shit. That's so funny. It is a bad thing. Those those introductory things at the beginning of college though, like when you had to stand up in front of the class and describe yourself, like that was the worst. And I sincerely just really messed it up when we had to do that. So in so I'm in school for occupational therapy. Okay. It's been the same, like nearly thirty of us since day one. 
So I had to make a good first impression because I'm going to be with these 30 people for like five years. Yeah. So we get up, we say our name, say where we're from. Of course, everyone's like, oh, Texas. And then we have to say something that we like. And I get up and I'm thinking of photography and I look at everyone in the room and I'm nervous and I say, I like to take pictures. And they say, oh, what do you like to take pictures of? And without thinking, I say, I like to shoot people. <laughs> Not what you should say at the first day of college, but I did say that. And Did you get a laugh? Did people enjoy it? Yeah, but it, but it was like an uneasy laugh. Like, it was like, oh, 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 oh this one. Um, <laughs> so yeah, spread love, everybody. Don't, um, yeah. Spread love, shoot people. Put it on the <laughs> no, no, no. no, we're gonna lose all of our fake sponsors. I think it, I think there's a comic book about. Um, <laughs> there's a comic book ban. <laughs> anyway, um, so what's your favorite Pittsburgh spot, like neighborhood? I live in it, actually. Friendship. I don't know. I, I love mean, friendship. I mean, Southside's great. It depends on what you want to do. <laughs> you know, like I've always loved the community at Friendship, and it's just like seriously four blocks. It's the tiniest little part of Pittsburgh. And it just automatically has this positive vibe. So, like, I live on Friendship Avenue, and that's where the studio Friendship name comes from, and, like, the whole Friendship Session thing. But ever since I was a little kid, uh, my little sister has a friend that that grew up in Friendship, and every time we would take her home from visiting us, and I'm from West Mifflin, so it was, like, a 20-minute ride, mm -hmm. and uh, we would always um, see the neighborhood, and I'd just be like, man, I want to live here. And then this place that we film those sessions in is an artist residency for people to live and work and it just so happened to be in friendship and I, I just remember thinking like I called this <laughs> like I yeah. said I was gonna live here I can't believe it happened in such a neat way but friendship's definitely my spot East Liberty I mean that whole community Garfield like there's like such a cool art scene there Lawrenceville's a little bougie it's a little too high um Homestead is where I'm from I love Homestead so have you been to the speakeasy in East Liberty the one no, behind Bird on the Run what? No, and I live right there. Are it you is kidding? so cool. I mean, there's a wait list every time. It's behind Bird on the Run. Behind Bird on the Run. It's a little, you have to knock on a little door. Like, it has a big fancy knocker, and the guy opens the door, puts you on the list, and he checks you when you're ready. It's such a good thing that people though. don't listen to this podcast. Otherwise, a speakeasy would be like, Liz, why did you ruin our underground I Sponsor scene? us! <laughs> um, <laughs> so you have to walk around the building? Yeah, you have to That the little building. alleyway right behind, like, yeah. was that Goodwill, uh, Muddy Waters, like mm -hmm. that little area right there. Yeah, and then you, and they serve the oysters from Muddy Waters and the chicken from Bird on the Run. And then um, I got a drink there that was served in a tiki cup that was modeled after Andrew Carnegie. That is awesome. Wow. It was really good. There was scotch in it, too. I was enjoying it. What is your bar in East Liberty? Kelly's. That's my bar in East Liberty. <laughs> I've never been there. Oh, my God. Their food is so good. Their drinks are so good. They're a Quentin Tarantino movie in real life. I Yes. I took my parents there when... This was like last year, and I had brought a couple friends. We forgot how small the booths were, so it was like we were back-to-back -back booths. And I think my parents ordered like one of everything on the menu. Like it was absurd. Like the tables were not big enough. We ate everything, and then we had too many drinks. And I think we went to Target and bought like a game. That's the best. It was fantastic. But I I love that place so much. That whole area, like the Friendship Bloomfield, like yeah, uh, everything is a walk away, and there's it's just perfect. so many cool things. Like I'm taking Jess to the Speakeasy mm -hmm. like Friday. Oh my god! <laughs> no, no, you haven't. That's, that's, that's the Valentine's Day. No, 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 you can do it Thursday. <laughs> okay. Do it Thursday. Get the Andrew Carnegie drink. They light a piece of rosemary on fire. Oh yeah. 
And then they like, yeah, you're like, you're. I peach. love rosemary. Should we be lighting things on fire on this podcast? I we got flowers. Let's do it. Only if it's <laughs> audio medium. I don't know Close. if it would transfer until we're like, ah, it's on fire. Do you guys want to get into video, or is it just for right now that you're working with just the mic? Then we would have to like dress up for this. Yeah, right. I couldn't. I couldn't concentrate from like work and class to like. Yeah, we could try it someday. Maybe we'll have like. The last one of the season. I was thinking, like, I want us to do, like, a, like, secret podcast, like, for, like, subscribers only, like, okay. Patreon support. We don't have <laughs> Do we have enough listeners that we could do that? I don't think we could. But if we had a Patreon, like, the Patreon supporters would get, like, our underground podcast, which would be Sims with strangers, in which, like, oh, we would have that. strangers come in and we would all play the Sims. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but wishful thinking, you know, we'll see what happens. We could, yeah, just think of a bunch of punny names. Sims with strangers, sins with strangers. It would be that could really be funny fun to do like a Sims video where mm-hmm. like you would just have the audio over top of the Sims video and you could just make a character for that guest yes. and just have them all sit at the table and it's just them with the little bubbles about like it could be really funny. <laughs> we have to do that. a conversation about their, oh man, I love Sims. I found this thing today and this is, this is definitely not newsworthy, like I shouldn't be bringing this up on our podcast, <laughs> but... Um, did either of you ever play Club Penguin as a youth? Oh yeah, but not very long. No. <laughs> it was my, it was my shit. And they got rid of it and now they brought back, like some like Jeez. random person on the internet made another version of it. Oh really? And I'm very excited because oh, yeah. I miss that shit. Soon it'll be an app on your phone. I think they had an app for a little while and then all of the Club Penguin just dissipated. Really? Yeah. I had one Club Penguin... Sorry about that. Um, I had one Club Penguin, uh, like, I played it for a day, and I just, it completely, like, was, I lost interest, because I was like, I have Webkins. Were you a Neopets gal? Uh, which one was Neopets? So, no. I had a a Tamagotchi. I had a Cube World, which was little stick figures in the cubes. My oh, mom yeah, still, my yeah. mom still, like, will take that. those out and be like, this is so funny, I love this. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's like a little cube, and then there's like a person. They, they, they don't they have a room or something, yes, right? They have a room. And you, you just have this little living thing inside of a cube. And then if you huh. put the cubes together, they'll knock on the door yeah. of the other cube. I That's so cool. Their house. Yeah, I forgot about like, that. I want one. But you can't move the two cubes that are connected, or else like they'll just turn around. Like they'll just disappear. And then one time, I had four of the cubes, so sometimes you always knew that when all four cubes went into one cube. Uh, when all four cube people went into one cube, there was going to be a fight. <laughs> like a straight up like brawl. Like someone would get, no one would die because they were cube people and it yeah. was a game for children. But there I don't know fight. about that. My Tamagotchis died all the time. They, I think that's how you teach your children about death. Either you buy them a fish or you buy them a Tamagotchi. Yeah. That should be the, the headline for this podcast. I, I did not have. I had a. I had a fish, <laughs> not a tamagotchi. What was the so tamagotchi's <laughs> webkins? And then there was something else that was like I think in the middle, like hmm. of the, like it was also a handheld, but it wasn't quite a tamagotchi. Polly pockets, maybe. No, it like had an online portion. Oh, then I don't know. I don't know. I was more of a hands-on guy. Like <laughs> my. I've never been, like, a video game type of person mm-hmm. ever. I've always just been an art nerd. Like, if I wasn't mm-hmm. drawing, I'd probably, was just, like, the 
Toy Kid. I was the superhero at Toy Kid. Like, I had every Marvel superhero ever made. Who's your favorite superhero? Silver Surfer. Okay, I don't know who that is. Oh, okay. man, you should learn about Silver Surfer. Volume 1 of Silver Surfer is some William Shakespeare-esque shit. Like, Are we going to have, like, a late-in-life comic awakening? Yes. Me. I, I'm ready for it. It's The wheels are turning. Well, last time we found out that I was a Kappa, and at the, <laughs> we found out the three different types of... Ayurveda. Ayurveda. I don't know what that is. And um, it's about, like, which portion of your body is and mind and soul is in a certain area and i i learned a new part of me is awakened every time we record i think this wow. is just Allie trying to give me an intervention <laughs> <laughs> that's not true so we're gonna yeah the so, superhero thing is for me as well because i don't i don't know much i always liked batman because he oh, like yeah. he had money he had everything he ever wanted and he just wanted to help people I liked the new Joker movie, but that's probably the closest thing to the really? superhero universe mm-hmm. that I know. I am a comic book nerd. Like mm-hmm. for Batman, I have I have all eighteen issues of Nightfall, which mm-hmm. leads up to Vengeance of Bane, and that's mm-hmm. when like Bane breaks Batman's back. I have every issue. Oh my god! I have the first appearance of Harley Quinn in comic book form. Mm-hmm. I have like I got some pretty solid comic books. Honestly, I've been collecting since I was about eleven years old, wow. maybe ten or nine, nine or ten. Do you like the Harley Quinn like? I haven't seen Bird of Prey yet, or Birds of Prey, but I like Martha Robbie. I did not like the Joker in that movie. I don't know. I don't no, know. Jared Leto. Oh, yeah. bad, bad. Oh, he Jared played the Leto. Joker. Yeah. Wow. He's going to be uh, Morbius in a new Spider-Man movie coming out, and it looks sick. Morbius is like an anti-hero vampire. Ooh, yeah, he would be good at that. Yeah. But he's buff as hell. Like, he put on weight for that movie. Like, he was looking beefy. I'm a big Thor girl. I love oh, Thor. Thor. One time I was Thor for Halloween. It was budget Thor. I need to see that. I need to pull it up right now. It's oh. my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> That's awesome. I got a... It's on my Instagram. I, I got a red tablecloth. That was my... Um, I got a red tablecloth that was my cape. And then I was going to make a hammer, but it was too much work. So I just carried around a bottle of wine and said that was my hammer. <laughs> <laughs> that's great Audio only authentic wow. costumes I used to actually cosplay in high school because I am a loser that's so <laughs> okay tell us more tell us more uh, okay well I, I've been there's still people from my high school that remember me coming to like spirit week in full Captain America outfit that's incredible wow. <laughs> yeah I've been Captain America I've been Superman I've been um, Deadpool and I've been Spider-Man <laughs> wonderful I don't miss it <laughs> <laughs> I've been Deadpool wow I was Deadpool before anyone even knew who freaking Deadpool was, and I'll put I'll put that on my You're like the, the Deadpool hipster. For sure. Yes. For sure. I have all 63 Daniel Way Deadpool issues, so get Holy at me, moly. internet. <laughs> Deadpool's no like one is fighting you. <laughs> What's that? Deadpool's like the true anti-hero, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's just funny as hell. Like, if you read the issues, like, if, if you've seen the Ryan Reynolds movie, like, he kind of talks to himself throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. They do that in the comic book series, so mm-hmm. everything he says, he has two thought bubbles in two different colors, mm-hmm. and it's him having a dialogue with himself, and mm-hmm. they're super crazy. Like, his internal monologue is always just off the wall and hilarious. Like, I don't know. Like, that's what got me into, like, everything that I do now. Like, reading comic books as a kid was, like, what I did before I had friends. (laughs) And there's some stories that literally will bring you to tears. Like, I read this series. I cannot think of the name of it, but it's a Superman comic book. And I'm not a big Superman fan at all. Mm -hmm. But the series was about this kid named Clark Kent Mm -hmm. who lived in 
Kansas, but it was it's set in real life where that's a comic book. Superman's a comic book, so everyone would make fun of him because he's named after Superman. And then he finds out that he actually has Superman's powers. That's cool. So like he gets these powers and starts fighting crime, and the whole idea that this world was like it was a story that came to life and people were like what is this and then it goes through his entire life him raising kids him getting old him on his deathbed and finding out that his daughters have the same superpowers that he has mm-hmm. and i just got to the end where he's in his, like he's an old man in his deathbed and he's just like telling his girls not to follow in his path to be mm-hmm. a superhero and i was just like oh my god <laughs> like like wow. even silver surfer like i'm telling you silver surfer the first 18 issues i have 14 of those 18 and like, the whole story is, I don't know, if you've probably never seen any of these superhero movies. I could go on for hours about this stuff, honestly. But in the original series, he, uh, Silver Surfer's real name is, Shop, oh, no, it's not Silver, it's, um, uh, Nor- Norman something. But he, uh, was trying to protect his planet from a planet eater named Galactus. So Galactus would travel throughout the universe and eat planets to gain energy. Oh. And Silver Surfer sacrifices his soul to be the herald to Galactus and travel across the universe looking for planets that don't have life on them so that he could take that energy without causing any death. And in doing so, he has to leave his planet and his love interest, who is Shalabal, behind. And the whole issue, like, he goes through the universe and then he ends up finding Earth. And this is after a time of running out of planets that are lifeless to feed Galactus. So he's going to, like, destroy Earth. But Silver Surfer stops him, and in doing so, Galactus punishes him to staying within Earth's atmosphere. And the whole first volume is him trying to break free from that atmosphere to get back to his love interest. And it is just, like, so in-depth. Like, I was just like, this is a comic book. Like, when I first started reading comic books, it was to draw the pictures. And then I started actually reading them, and I was like, wow. (laughs) Like, just blown away. That's really awesome. I love that. I love that. There's, like, cheesy stuff to it. Like, there's some comic books, like, even Star Wars and stuff. Like, Star Wars is a soap opera from start to finish, the entire Mm. series. Like, it's some crazy dude that knocks up some chick and they have babies and break up. And it's just like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) No, you are. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. That is definitely more of a, yeah. It's a soap opera. It's a soap opera. I, I, that's how I convinced Jess to watch the whole thing. Like, I have the first six movies on DVD, and we binged them in like a weekend. And I'm just oh like, you need to realize that this is just everything. I grew up on that stuff. I used to walk around my house in a, ba- a bathrobe with a lightsaber. Like, <laughs> I have, like I said, always been a loser. <laughs> like, seriously. We'd like to say nerd, not loser. <sighs> Some people would say they're the same thing. No, no. <laughs> I'm one of those I people. Wouldn't. As a proud loser, I would <laughs> like to say they're the same thing. <laughs> well, this has been a great, great time. I've had some vodka. I've relearned to like vodka. And I have learned about art, and I think we've all made a new friend, which is very exciting. We're talking about Zach and the cat, everybody. <laughs> um, I made a new friend. I'm taking this cat with me today. <laughs> So, Zach, we let everyone, we totally toffee hot ones with this, but we have everyone before they leave and before they finish up to give us a nice little 30 second or one minute or five hour plug about what's going on with them, what they're excited for in the next couple months, what they want the people, all seven of them, to know when they listen to this podcast. Okay. So, plug away. Well, there's one thing that we could talk for a whole other hour about, but I'm actually in March going to Africa. Woo! Yeah. You just saved that till now to mention. Oh, I knew I had my 30 second plug. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to Africa at the end of March to paint um, two newly built schoolhouses with, oh a, with a mural. God. 
and I'm terrified. I'm excited. It's it's gonna be a crazy experience, but it's the most international the Spread Love Army's ever got. So I'm gonna get to do two murals, one in each classroom, or one of in two classrooms in both schools. So two murals in one classroom and one mural outside of the building, and it's gonna be in Ghana, Africa, and I'm just freaking excited. I guess so. That's gonna be awesome. That's the big thing I got coming up, I'm other than so stealing this cat, <laughs> taking her. That is so exciting. Aww. Yeah, so it's through a foundation called Hope for Ghana. And mm -hmm. so ultimately, every time I do an event or put something on, I try to work with a new foundation, new um, nonprofit. I've done events in the past where I've worked with like Boys and Girls Club, Ronald McDonald House, just all types of different ones. And I reached out to Hope for Ghana about raising money through this art show on Friday. And we had coffee and ended up talking. And Steve, the founder of Hope for Ghana, was telling talking about how he's going to this newly built schoolhouse in March to help the kids in the village. And one thing led to another, and we're like, why not, instead of make a donation, donate my time and go mm -hmm. out and show these kids what art is like. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's happening. I've got my ticket, my visa, everything's ready to go. I just got to get my shots and my malaria medication, mm -hmm. and I'll be there for seven days. So I got to get three murals done in seven days. Wow. Is that, have you, like, is that doable for you usually? Like, have you worked that fast before? I know you work fast usually. <laughs> so... With Jess's help, I did uh, uh, five different patient rooms for a pediatrician's office, mm -hmm. and we got it done together, each room in less than 24 hours, mm -hmm. over wow. two days. Okay. So like two 12-hour days. And the most I've ever done by myself was one mural in six days. Mm -hmm. So I'm really hoping that the kids in the village will be really like responsive to the art and help mm -hmm. out as well. But I think it'll make it more meaningful for them as well if they yeah, take part in it. For sure. And like I, we even want to incorporate like the, the so the sun heart's going to be all throughout it. But each time the sun heart's on there, it's going to be the handprints of the of the kids in the village. So one handprint, like one kid's handprints, is going to be one heart all over the mural. And uh, I'm more worried about going there and starting three murals and not finishing them than having to actually do three murals also but we did a relatively easy image like even when I called the principal of the school like I've talked to a lot of people in Ghana since this has all happened they didn't even know what it meant like I was we were, we were talking about hey this artist is going to come paint this school and put art on the walls and they were like paint the walls the walls are painted they're white they're fine and like like they didn't even the 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 authority figures kind of were confused about this as well. So, like, even going there, it's going to be, like, this whole thing where, like, I'm going to walk away with this whole new life lesson from a third world country and seeing what it's like to live with so little. And they're also going to take away this whole new thing where, like, they can express themselves and find positive ways to, to put their energy somewhere, you know? So it's going to be great. I'm raising money currently on a GoFundMe account. We have $300 raised already for mm -hmm. spread love gym bags that are going to have art supplies in each gym bag. So, oh, I love that. One. Yeah. Our goal is 500 bucks. We're at 300 right now. Mm -hmm. And we want to bring at least 100 gym bags filled mm -hmm. with art supplies. I'm working with a few art companies in the area and trying to get some sponsorships and donations, but we're going to make it happen. And if someone wanted to donate to your cause, how would they find that? Uh, it's on GoFundMe. It's Spread Love Ghana, mm -hmm. but I don't know if you could search. This is my first time using GoFundMe. So if you go on Zachary Rudder Art on Facebook, there's a link. On Zachary Rudder Art on Instagram, there's a link. Um, my website, there should be a link. If not, I'm probably going to have to add that. But if you just look up Zachary Rudder, you'll find it in some way. Google the name, and it'll take you to wherever you got to go, for sure. Okay. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. It's really Absolutely. meant the world to us to hear your story. Yeah. I think this is like our third time rescheduling or second time rescheduling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy we finally got it. Happened. And oh, it happened. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs>
I am so glad. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing your art. Thank you for sharing your smile. I mean, I have never wanted this to not be an audio medium so bad because you have an awesome <laughs> smile. And oh you gosh. have so much positivity. <laughs> Big fans. Thank you so much for coming. And thank you to the individuals who are listening tonight or tomorrow or whenever. Thank you for The hundreds of thousands of listeners. Hundreds of thousands. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Don't forget to rate and subscribe us. I keep forgetting to add that. (laughs) Don't forget to rate us. You gotta be careful with that tag in the middle there. (laughs) Rate. Rate us. And subscribe. And And spread love. Spread love. Spread love. Yes. Okay. Spread love. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.